Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Natasha's Spoiler Hour covering The Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 9. Trigger finger. In this episode, ah shit, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Welcome to Natasha's Spoiler Hour. Oh man, I really loved this episode a lot. I really, really, really did. This made up for the last one. Oh, I'm so glad that there wasn't this long, prolonged, awful thing about trying to get Lori back. And I'm really glad that everything is kind of coming to a head between Shane and Rick, finally. And I don't know how that's going to be handled, but I'm stoked about it. And I'm really, uh, I'm just overall, I felt like people made fucking sane choices this time. And I was glad about it. And, um, yeah, except for Glenn. What the fuck? But we'll get to that. Okay. So opening up with Lori in the car and she's passed out. She's gotten knocked out from her crash. Zombie is trying to get in through the window. This is a very like, they spent a long time on this cold open and uh, not really anything beyond what I just said happened. Um, But yeah, I guess they're just trying to get across like how long it was that Lori was passed out for that this thing came after her. And then she wakes up and its face is like a foot away from hers. And she is kind of locked in because of the seatbelt. And uh, she is nowhere near her gun. I guess it fell out of her lap or wherever she had it. So this is, uh, it pops up on her later. And she, I was like, I kept being like, why don't you use your gun? Because I thought that she had it in her waistband of her pants and i sort of just expected that to still be there which is ridiculous when you have a crash that flips your car it's just common sense that the gun would be have gotten knocked loose and be somewhere else in the car but i was like why don't you just use your gun and then when she sees it like on the back seat floor i was like oh yeah tosh that's not real logical and um she manages to shoot the thing in, in the face. Well, she manages to shoot the third one. The first one, she like uses a screwdriver. And then she knocks one down with a hubcap and then uses the gun. Um, and, yeah, I, I was kind of, like, laughing at the fact that she was, like, knocked out in this car in this crazy position. And the car had been, like, completely flipped over. But then they have her, like, get up and get out of the car and be pretty much fine. I was like, that's not very likely. And that's something that um, when I was listening to the Bald Move podcast that I had mentioned uh, that Nina asked me to listen to 
their commentary about the Plan B pill. And they said that it was very irresponsible of these people to kind of portray the Plan B pill as doing something that it doesn't actually do. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I just kind of feel like there are so many things in shows like this that are medically impossible and that just don't make sense. Like things like this, like, you know, this kind of car crash and just getting up and being okay. Or somebody getting knocked out and being out for like hours. And then when they wake up, they're fine. And there's no permanent brain damage the way that there would be, you know, everybody gets knocked on the head when people want them to get put out for a little while, but it's really easy to die from that. And yet in shows, they very rarely actually have that happen. Um, there's just like, I mean, I understand why plan B specifically because it's a hot topic issue and there's this whole sort of like stigma surrounding it. But frankly, it just felt like, yeah, okay, I guess I understand what you mean, but I'm so used to everything about women's sexuality being so misportrayed that I'm almost like numb to it at this point. And I know that that's probably a really bad sign that I'm not even sticking up for my own sex right now, but I, uh, I just sort of like, I, I felt like there, it wasn't even the show being in, I know that the show was actually being inaccurate, but I felt like it was the least of my concerns, honestly. And, uh, the fact that they were really annoyed enough about that, that they continue to talk about it into other episodes of Bob Move as I have, as I have, uh, found out. I was kind of surprised by because it's just sort of a thing, you know, they, they misportray what goes on with births and pregnancies and like, I don't know, women's sexuality just seems to be like a complete fucking mystery to Hollywood a lot of the time. And, um, the fact that the episode was written by a woman just makes it all that much worse. And I don't know where she stands on that issue, but it just sort of seemed to me like the whole point was that Lori was supposed to be desperate and trying anything that she could. And it wasn't necessarily that she really believed that it would net, it would actually work, but it was the only option that she really had aside from like, you know, asking Herschel to perform an abortion, which I'm going to go ahead and guess from his fundamentalist attitude he wouldn't have done anyway. And uh, Maggie calling it an abortion pill and throwing it at her. I just think that Maggie probably has the same viewpoint as Herschel would because she's like been brought up in that household, a real church going type family. But at the same time, uh, in this episode, Maggie mentions how she was on the pill herself. And Plan B is essentially the pill for people who aren't on the pill. So, you know, I don't know. There's just a lot of uh, inconsistencies here. And I guess I just was like, yeah, that's sort of how it works always. So picking on this one show for it, it just, I didn't even care. Anyway, I got way off topic really, really fast. So we are back at the bar and uh, we have Rick standing over the body of, what is it, Tony? I was right about calling the other guy Dave. I was excited to realize that. And um, it's way darker than I remember. I thought that it was like just about um, coming towards sunset when they sort of had their like shootout. But here it's pretty much dusk. There's almost no sun left at all. And they're still standing there staring at these bodies. So it feels like a lot of time has passed with them just standing there, but maybe I'm just misremembering. Um, and Rick, you know, Glenn has got this look on his face. Like he just doesn't even know what to say. He doesn't know what to think. And he's like, are you okay? And then looks at Herschel and is like, are you okay? And you see Herschel like 
weighing what to say because I think Herschel feels like he should be having a problem with this. And the fact that he doesn't actually have a problem makes him upset at himself. But he finally does give Rick a little bit of a nod and is like, no, yeah, I'm okay. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, then you hear the car pull up and the two dudes get out. There's actually, I think it turns out to be like three or four of them. Um, but you hear them get out and I was just like, oh shit, I really hate, like, I kind of expected this, um, that they would wind up having to deal with the aftermath of it. But I just sort of, uh, I was a little bit surprised that it was, it was done in in the town like so soon afterwards because I guess there's just not a lot of indication of how much time has passed. I mean, like I said that the last episode closed and there was still sunlight and this time there really isn't much left. So it feels like some time has passed, but they haven't moved from where they were standing before within the bar really. And yet these guys outside make it sound like they should have been back by now. And they had pretty much already like just gotten there. This conversation between Dave and Tony and the rest of this group only took like what, 10 minutes maybe. So I don't know. I just kind of like, the other group pulling up and, like, looking for them already just surprised me a little bit. But I'm okay with it. I mean, really, in the end, it doesn't matter. Um, so we go back to the farm, and they're all about to sit down for dinner. And Shane is trying to comfort Carl about his dad being gone. And then somebody asks where Lori is, or maybe Shane asks. I don't even remember. And uh, everybody realizes that they haven't seen her. And... Andrea says something like, well, she asked me to look in on Carl. She said she was worried about Rick and Dale is immediately like she went after him. And Andrea's like, she didn't say that. I'm like, Andrea, don't be a fucking moron. Of course, that's what she meant. I think that if she had asked Dale, Dale's, I don't know. I know a lot of people seem to be, um, feel like I, I'm getting this sense from the fandom so far, the messages that I've gotten and the little bits that I've heard and seen that a lot of people don't like Dale and that they think he's stupid or whatever. I completely disagree. I just think Dale, in in of his own like position, he doesn't have any family, and I don't think he particularly values his life that much. I don't want to say he doesn't care if he lives or dies. I don't think that's the case. But I think for him, doing the right thing is more important than anything, and maybe what he thinks is the right thing can be misguided, but I... I think Dale is probably the most perceptive one of this whole group. He seems to really be able to nail what's going on in people's heads. And he knows the right thing to say. He's just very diplomatic. The way that he handled Herschel, for example, I thought he really, he tried to do the best he could. And I don't know. I just really think that he's not given enough credit. Like, he might do some stupid shit, but frankly, I mean, everybody in the show is really guilty of that. And... In his case, I appreciate the fact that he seems to, you can't, I don't feel like you can put much past him. He's a pretty shrewd guy, and I think he can see through the lies that people tell. And he can even tell if somebody's feeling a certain way and they are lying to themselves about it. Um, I don't know. He just seems to be very good at reading people, and I don't think he's given enough credit. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. And uh, so, yeah, Dale's immediately, like, she went after him, and they all get up, and you see Shane just immediately, like, are you fucking kidding me? And he is not happy. So he gets into his car and, like, barrels after her. 
and he finds her car overturned on the side of the road and the dead walkers. And uh, he keeps going. And luckily, she's decided to stay on the road. I was really worried that she was going to do something really, really stupid, like go into the woods and try and, like, take a shortcut back to the farm. But as we see, when he, like, catches up with her, she is determined to get into town and bring Rick back. So even though she crashed her car, she wasn't going to turn around and go home. She was heading into town anyway on foot. So Rick catches up with her, and she won't leave. She wants to go get Rick. And he fucking lies and just says, he's back. They're all back safe and sound. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. He just lied. And it's going to be like 10 minutes before she realizes that he lied to her. What the fuck, dude? I just like later on what Andrea says to him, I have to agree with his presentation, dude. What are you doing? Um, but yeah, so that, that was a uh, quite a tactic that he takes and he, like, before he leaves, he can, goes up to Dale and is like, did she take a gun as if Dale is going to know anything about it? Dale didn't even know she went, dude. But he is, yeah, he is really flipping out here. And I just kind of laughed to myself that, like, nobody else is worth going after except for Lori. Because he is not only in love with her, but he thinks she's carrying his baby. And uh, when he gets her back, he just totally blurts that shit out right in front of Carl and everybody. And nobody knew about it. The only person who knew, was, it was... I think I went over this last time. It's him, Lori, Rick, Glenn, and Dale. They're the only ones who know. And he goes and says it in front of everyone like an idiot because he thinks that she's told all of them. Like, dude, you only... Rick only told you, like, earlier that same day? Yesterday? I don't know. It's just, like... Anyway, yeah. Shane is in a, on a real hot streak of doing really bad shit and getting himself in her bad graces here. Um... So anyway, going back to uh, to the town, Rick and Glenn and Herschel are hiding by the front door of the bar. And you hear the guys outside going, dudes, we're looking for Dave and Tony. Nobody checks the damn bar. I was kind of laughing about that. And then the guy outside saying, we're not looking for any trouble. There's tons of corpses out here. If you could help us not get killed, we'd appreciate it. And I really loved that. Like, they are making a very reasonable case. And what I love about this show is the fact that you can see very, very clearly the parallel here between the way that Rick had to handle these strangers and the way that Rick was almost turned away by both Jenner and Herschel. And I love the fact that Rick is now in this position where he is turning people away and completely feels that he's doing the right thing. Like, you can tell he's not comfortable with not supporting fellow survivors, but that's not the same thing as thinking you're doing the wrong thing. It's, uh, it's just great to me to have it circle around and him really judging other people hard about whether or not they are doing right or wrong, leaving them out there. And I mean, in Jenner's case, Jenner let them in and yeah, they would have died if he hadn't let them in, but they were only safe for like a day and a half before the fucking place almost exploded. So, in some cases, I kind of understand why Jenner wasn't going to let them in to begin with. Um, but, yeah, that's, that, is, uh, that is good writing, ladies and gentlemen. When a character is judging other people for all kinds of shit, and then they turn around and have to wind up eating their words. It's great. And isn't that life... Doesn't, isn't that just, like, 
you i i have had so many instances of watching people do awful stupid shit and thinking god you are the worst i can't believe you would make that idiotic decision and then later on i'm like oh i kind of get it now i am i just did a bad thing too (laughs) it's just life man so yeah him uh he finally like yells out to these guys they drew on us and you see herschel just look at him like are you fucking serious and i think that rick wants to at least comfort himself with the notion that he gave it his best try to have a negotiation with these dudes and not just resort to gunfire immediately i get that i do rick i get it but dude (laughs) like i don't know letting them know your position in there was a bad thing but they they did wind up getting away okay i was pretty surprised that none of them wound up injured um and this was very, very tense. I was really happy about this. Um, we have Herschel, and he starts to, like, head around the back as the um, gunfire breaks out. Because Rick just starts to say, listen, neither of us wanted this, but they drew on us. They gave us no choice. Can't we just chalk this up to being in the wrong place at the wrong... And before he even finishes the sentence, there's, like, a shotgun blast through the front door of the bar... And I'm like, yeah, Rick, I mean, I get what you're trying to say, but that was, those were their friends and they have no reason to believe you. So yeah, no way. I wouldn't believe you either. I wouldn't listen to you, not for a second. Um, And I really, like, Herschel almost gets shot. He, like, barely makes it around the corner. And then he stops and slides the shotgun back to Glenn. And I really liked this, that, like, Glenn has this gun and is in this position where he kind of... You can tell he's thinking to himself that he kind of has to prove himself. He is rarely, I feel, in the position of the gun-toting hero. I mean, they send him into town a lot, and he does the errand boy thing, as Maggie very rightly pointed out, and is put into positions where he's in danger. But this is something that I feel like, ordinarily, Shane would be the one by Rick's side right now. And it's only because of how Shane has just so completely diverged with Rick about what their priorities should be that he's not there now. The two of them are not seeing eye to eye on what went on on the farm to begin with, and Shane doesn't agree about going after Herschel. But otherwise, you know, this is, Glenn is really out of his element in this scene, and I liked that they showed that and how it affects him later on. I'm starting to really feel for Glenn's character, and I... It's not like I didn't like him before, but there's just nothing to him. And um, I really hope that they start doing something with Theo. I mean, I think um, I, I'm i going to say something in spoilers, but I have an idea of where that's going, but I'm not sure what's going to happen in the meantime. So anyway, um, there is a brief scene back at the farm where Carol confronts Daryl. And this is really weird. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, to be perfectly honest. I am sure there are a lot of people out there who don't like Carol's character and think that she's weak. And in some ways, I agree because a woman who really has self-respect and is the stereotypical strong woman, um, which I kind of hate that whole phrase, but whatever, would not have been in the awful, abusive relationship that Carol was in to begin with. However, a woman who who is in that position and doesn't let it destroy her does have a sort of strength to her 
in her own way. And I feel like that kind of came to the forefront here. And it's weird because you could say in some ways that it was almost her own weakness, her standing there and like taking this from Daryl. But I don't agree. I think that this showed that she like, she first of all seems to understand where Daryl's coming from here. She has a sixth sense about him feeling like he doesn't belong here, that they all look down on him and that he doesn't think he's as good as Rick and Shane as well. And that he sort of seems to be blaming himself both for the fact that he didn't find Sophia and for the fact that he like got Carol's hopes up. And I think he feels really guilty about the fact that he kept getting her to believe that Sophia was okay turned out to be totally wrong. And now he's reacting to this guilt that he feels towards her by being really, he's lashing out instead. And I think that Carol is, is very perceptive about that. And she understands and man, this is something that I can so relate to. I had a, a very close friend of mine and this seems to be more of a male thing and I don't want to stereotype too much, but men seem to like to default to anger when they're experiencing emotions that they don't either really don't know how to deal with or that they're just uncomfortable with. And um, I was really close friends with a guy who cared about me and I was not available. And he basically wound up pushing me away and being kind of cruel in the end. And I realized that I, I realize now that the way he was with me is actually sort of a sign that he was in a lot of pain and that he didn't know what to do. So he pushed me away because it was the only good option that he could think of because otherwise it was just going to be too painful. But at the time I didn't understand and I was really hurt by it. And it was just sort of a, you know, abrupt 180 in his behavior so I just was lost and I was really upset. And um, I really respect that Carol seems to understand immediately with Daryl what's going on. And she doesn't walk away and she doesn't take, like, you can see that his words are stinging her because it's some things that she has thought and maybe some of it is even true. But she is trying to look past what he's actually saying to the deeper reason for why he's saying it. And she cares about him. And I don't know if that's going to be a romantic thing. I kind of hope not because really with everything with Laurie and Shane and Rick, I think we've got a fucking enough of that. And after the thing with Glenn and Maggie too, I don't really want it. Honestly, I'm done with the romantic thing. Like we've had enough of that drama, but I really just love the fact that she's, I mean, he says you're alone. You don't have a husband. You don't have a daughter. You don't know what to do with yourself. And to some degree, I think that's totally true. But I think that she realizes that he kind of needs the group to survive as well and that he's like on the edge of basically walking away and trying to make it on his own and that he probably, he's a strong guy and he's a smart guy and maybe he would make it, but there's a good likelihood that he wouldn't. And I think she's concerned about that and she sees him literally moving further and further away from everyone else in camp and as well as his behavior is pushing everybody away and he's just gotten a lot more abrasive and you know, he's trying to keep everyone at arm's length. And so, yeah, I feel like, um, I have a suspicion. I haven't read any other reviews or listened to other podcasts about this episode, but I have a suspicion that she's going to take some criticism for this. And I'm 
just going to say that I kind of love the way that her character has been written so far. The only thing that I didn't really like was the way they had her coping with Sophia turning up as a zombie in the premiere of the second half of the season. I don't really understand why they did it the way they did. Maybe it was just to show that she's like in denial. I don't know. But I think that there's a real default of writing female characters as either the kind of like damsel in distress, superficial type. And they are often the women that are sort of like um, vilified. Or you have the other girl who's like a badass to the nth degree and is just basically all ass kicking and gun toting. And there's not really any more depth to her than that. And that like kind of character is in a lot of ways no better than the damsel in distress type. I feel like if you have just a woman who is a stereotype of every weak female thing that we can think of, and then we have another woman who is only strong in that she is like a stereotype of a man, what good is that? Neither of those is a fully fleshed out character. And I appreciate Carol being a combination of this this weakness and, you know, she has this, um, she is a victim and she was in this really awful abusive relationship, but at the same time, she has this weird strength to her and she is perceptive and she does care. And I, I really love her being this like full character. And, uh, I, I think honestly, out of all the females on this show, I think she's like the most fully fleshed out and realistic. Um, and, you know, I like I like Andrea and I like the fact that she has been given the sort of badass status that Andrea in the graphic novels has. But she I feel like they are kind of going a little bit too much in the direction of her, like trying to tag along with the with, quote, the guys and trying to prove um, that she is as good as them, which is just such a silly thing because I, I, it's almost like she's in the same position as Daryl in some ways, but I don't know. I don't know how much depth she's been given. Really? We don't know much about her background. Not that we know much about Carol, but the relationship that we saw between Carol and her husband gives you a pretty good idea of some things. And we haven't seen all that much with Andrea. So, and Lori, I'm not even going to get into that because there's, Oh, there's so much that's making me crazy with her. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to just state for the record that I have, I have a lot of respect for how they're choosing to write Carol. And I don't think it's an easy character to write. And I think that it's time that as viewers, we stopped expecting one of these two default characters for females. And, uh, yeah, I just, I wanted to put that out there. So anyway, um, so the guys are still holding up in this bar and Glenn manages to go down through the back storeroom. Now this whole time I'm watching this and like, we see one dude and he goes up to the, um, back door and he's trying to open it. And Glenn like fires through the window. You don't hear, a shout or anything. I got the impression that he killed the guy. I don't know. Um, but I really kind of expected for these guys to just like drive their truck through the front of the bar or do something really drastic. 
But I guess since they don't know how many people are holed up inside, they restrain themselves from doing something really crazy because they really had no idea if they were going to come out on top or not, which is great. It worked out for them for sure. Um, so Herschel goes to back Glenn up and somebody shoots at Glenn. Glenn ducks behind this dumpster and completely freezes up. And I did not understand why at the time I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Cause we know that he's not the type to usually flinch from danger, but at this moment he just like completely froze and I thought he had been shot. You can only see his feet under the dumpster. So Herschel thought he had been shot. And then Rick goes to check on him and finds out that he's okay. He's just like clutching his uh, rifle. Meanwhile, Herschel nailed the guy who tried to shoot Glenn. And that guy is writhing on the ground. And Rick comes and is like, all right, dude, we can do this. We can do this. They start to jump out to head to the car. And there is a shot that like glances right off the dumpster almost gets them. They look up, there's like a sniper guy on the roof and you see this truck pull up and is like, we got to go. We got to go. And the guy's like, what about Sean? And he goes, he's been shot. We got to go. And Sean isn't even dead. I'm assuming Sean is the one that Herschel shot, but they're about to leave him anyway. And we see these walkers come up and start to tear that guy apart. And Herschel is watching this and it's, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident in saying this is the first time that Herschel has seen anybody get torn apart by walkers. I don't know if this was on television ever or what, but Herschel looks really, really shaken up. He is, he is staring at this like he looks like he's almost nauseous. And when he starts to walk away, he can't help but keep looking over his shoulder and just like his eyes. And, um, they, they other person yells up to the kid on the roof we gotta go the kid jumps down and he lands somehow you can't quite see what happened and he starts screaming and the guy's like i gotta go sorry i gotta go and just leaves him there so this is a really good indication of what this group is like the group that was going to try and come to the farm is an every man for himself type group they are not going to support people who are in trouble. It's, you know, survival of the fittest. And Shane would probably love it there. I'm sure he would be in his element. But Rick can't do that. Like, it's, he's physically incapable of doing that. And on the one hand, while I understand that Rick is feeling like this this is a young kid who is in over his head and we can't just fucking leave him here like this, I get that. But Jesus, they come so close to getting fucking eaten. Oh my God. They were like being set upon by, I mean, there were at this point, I feel like there were 20 of them coming towards them, attracted by all the gunfire. So when they get over there, this kid landed on the top of a, um, iron fence. And it's one of those that's got the, uh, the pointed like arrow tops. We see those a lot in Philadelphia outside people's houses and uh, it's sort of, I don't know if anybody has seen um, the virgin suicides, but it did remind me of that a little bit. But this kid has landed so that it's basically going through his calf, almost his knee. And there's no way to yank his leg back up off of it without doing really fucking serious damage. And they think that they have to cut his leg off and they start to make like a tourniquet. And they're, it's a big fucking project to cut this kid's leg off. And Rick still wants to try and do it. And there are zombies coming at them from every direction, only like a hundred yards away at this point, And he still wants to do this fucking like surgical procedure, essentially. I'm like, dude, 
either yank his leg off or leave him there. But you cannot fucking sacrifice all of you for this one kid's leg. You can't do it. You're going to have to, if you're going to have to take his leg off anyway, you may as well just rip it apart. So I was really glad when Rick finally makes that executive decision and goes up to the kid, grabs his calf and yanks it up off the fence. And you hear the kids scream. Oh my God. It was so awful. But I really think he did the right thing. I mean, Jesus, you can't, you can't take that kind of time, man. So, and I, you know, would I have saved the kid? I have to say I probably would. The, the way, the fact that he was like, it wasn't a fatal injury. If it was somebody who I felt like was going to die anyway, and bringing them back to the farm was just going to take a lot of time in order to keep them from just dying where zombies were and have them die in peace and quiet instead, it would not be worth it. But this kid wouldn't have died from this injury. And I think leaving him there would have been really fucking cruel. But he was just shooting at them. So I don't know. And uh, I was really pleased to see that they covered the kid's eyes with a blindfold when they brought him to the farm. So when he turns up, they are at least still safe in, as far as their location on this farm. If they let him go, he's not going to know how to get back there at all. So that's cool. I'm glad of that. But I'm just not sure how I feel overall about this whole situation. Um, so... Back at the farm, Lori is finding out that Shane lied to her. She is really pissed. She goes in to apologize to Carl about not telling him about the baby herself and realizes that she never had the talk with Carl. And Carl says, if it's a girl, can we name her Sophia? Which was actually pretty sweet. I wonder if they'll do that. Um, And Shane comes in and asks to talk to Lori by themselves. And Andrea can sense that she is not pleased with Shane and tries to step in. But... Shane is really set on defending himself here. So finally, Lori agrees to hear him out. But it turns out that Lori really heard what Dale said in the last episode. And when they start talking about everything and Shane says something about how I protect you, she's like, yeah, like you protected Otis and throws it in his face and he doesn't even deny it. I really appreciated the fact that he doesn't try and say that what happened didn't happen. He's admitting it, but he puts a spin on it. I did it because I love you and because I love Carl. And I'm like, you know what? I fucking believe him. I think that's why he did it. And I think that he believes that's why he did it. But it's still a fucked up thing to do to put it on her and make it almost like he's blaming her or whatever. And there's a real feel to this whole episode of everybody reacting to things that Um, are going on around them because of people that they're involved with. We hear Glenn say it to Maggie and we hear Rick say it to Lori at the end of the episode as well. So there's a theme here, almost that love is the most dangerous thing about this world and about surviving. Caring about somebody else is a weakness in a lot of ways. And it's not like, you know, I don't want to say that. I think it sounds like a fucked up thing to say, but if you want to survive, personally the worst thing that you can do is have somebody that you care about to protect and worry about and um yeah this i just thought that the scene with Lori and and uh shane was so so heartbreaking because she finally tells shane i told rick what happened and you can see the shock on shane's face i don't know if shane is putting together that rick knew when he told shane about the pregnancy Because 
that scene when you know what we know as a viewer and Shane tries to congratulate Rick and you can see this like awful tension under Rick's face, but he's trying to act like he doesn't know and that he's taking the congratulations at face value. It is a really fucked up scene. And now Shane is realizing that if she told him, then she is laying it all out on the table and is very determined to keep the marriage. If she's willing to take that risk, she's committed to Rick in a way that he didn't expect her to be. I think he was like hoping this whole time that if he proved himself enough, she would eventually pick him. And I don't know what he's thinking in terms of picking. Like, really? She's got a son with this guy and she's pregnant. And yes, it might be yours. I mean, there's a pretty good possibility. But the position that she's in, I just feel like Shane is not fucking considering what it's like for her at all. And it's just so selfish and it's driving me nuts. Every time they talk about Rick coming back, I feel like it just turns into, well... I thought he was dead, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, what about what she thought, dude? Like, you're not thinking about her. And so this whole conversation, he looks at her and he's like, well, what? Did you tell him that you thought you were a widow and that the world was coming to an end and that you were just looking for some comfort? And she just nods and he says, did you tell him that you thought it was a mistake? And she nods again. And his face, oh my God, he like... You see, like, the almost the fight go out of him. Not really, but just this... I think it's finally registering with him that what he feels isn't what she feels. And even if it is what she feels, she won't acknowledge it. So he is in a place where he's not going to win. And I just, you know, I, I think Shane is a fucking hothead. I think that he's dangerous. I think that he makes some pretty fucking bad choices, but on the other hand, he's doing some shit that I feel like they all would have died if he hadn't done. I don't know. It's just, ugh. And this whole interaction with the two of them and he's saying, you felt it. There is no way. What we had was real and you can't tell me it wasn't. And she says, it wasn't. And he's like, it was real. I remember Think back to how you felt. Think back to what it was like. The three of us, we were a family for a little while. That was real. And he looks at her and she doesn't answer. And he says, and I know you know it. I know you do. And he gets up and walks away. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, Shane, dude. Oh, I can't even tell at this point if it really is about the fact that he loves her or if it's just about the fact that he wants to win. Like, there's oh, there's always an element of that. When a girl is involved with another dude and there's a guy trying to get her to be with him instead, there's always, inevitably, an element of just, I want to win. And not even it being about that woman. I think that he cares about Lori and that he's in love with her, yes. But there's there's most definitely a locking of horns going on here between him and Rick. And... Oh my God, this scene and him just like, I know that, and she's denying it. I don't believe that for, for a fucking second. I think Lori did have feelings for him. I think that she is putting the fucking kibosh on it right now and that she's trying to lock it down and not remember and not feel anything because what good does that do her? 
And Shane is just making it worse. And for some reason, he thinks that he's helping because he really, truly seems to believe that Rick will not be able to keep her and Carl safe. He really is equating her choosing Rick over him as her choosing to be unsafe. And, you know, it's he's just I feel like he's really simplifying the whole situation into I'll do what needs doing and he won't in order to strengthen his own argument for her and to just basically, he wants to just simplify the whole question. And it's not a simple fucking question. And I just don't know what he expects her to do. How do you leave somebody in this kind of situation? You're still in the same camp with each other. You still have to see each other every day. Carl is still going to have his dad right there all the time, even if she goes over and start and like decides to quote be with Shane. Like, how do you even do that? I don't even know what he expects from her. And yeah, God, this scene. Oh my God. And there was, that was another thing in the, uh, in that one bald move episode that I listened to is that there were a couple people who like criticized Shane's acting. Oh my God. I really disagree. I think he's fucking good. I really believe him. Every time he's on that screen, I buy him a hundred percent. And it's just funny to me because you know, everybody's just got such different perspectives and it really shocked me to hear that anybody had a problem with his acting, but there it is. So they, uh, the rest of the group is outside Um, this is the next morning and, um, some of them are getting shit together to try and go into town after Rick and the rest of them. And, uh, inside before she goes out there, we have Andrea talking to Maggie about Beth, who is still in shock. And yes, I still don't care. And they're talking about Maggie and coming home from college and that she had birth control pills in her backpack and, her sister found them and was all upset and went and like threw them in the pond and she found out and followed her and like yelled at her and there was this big scene and then her father came out and there was, it was like a really kind of lame story to be honest. And, um, when I found out that Maggie had been on the pill and that she like was sort of, I don't know, weirdly slut shaming Lori, I got even more annoyed with Maggie. Uh, There's a lot of people who seem to feel that like it was totally fine for Maggie to get mad about it because, Lori sent them in for inessential items and she could have gone herself. Yeah, okay. Like, I kind of see that. But I just feel like Glenn offered to go. He'd been in town already and knew his way around. He was always the guy that could get in and out really quickly. He's just like that. And um, I just didn't, you know, I just, you know, he asked if there was something that he could get for her. And she, she said yes and took him up on the offer. And just because Maggie doesn't have to deal with this situation is no reason to fucking basically call her a selfish slut. Not to say that Lori isn't selfish because when she tries to ask Daryl to go into town for all of them, oh my God, I could have killed her. But uh, yeah, I just don't, I personally had a real problem with how Maggie handled that situation. And, you know, yeah, there's an issue with uh, how, like, I think Nina said, how do you let yourself get pregnant during the zombie apocalypse? Like, Okay, fair. But it's like, how much access do you have to rubbers and birth control when you're in this situation? So you just don't have sex? Well, then we come down to that whole situation where it's basically guys don't have to live with any of the consequences. And the women are the only one. It's basically, you know, the abstinence only 
uh, argument. And we know how well that works. People have sex. That's just what's going to happen. And especially when it's like a life or death situation every day, that just makes people want to have sex more because they're like, I don't know what I'm going to get to if I might die. And I want to try and keep this race alive. So I just, uh, yeah, on the record again, is still mad at Maggie and even more so now that I found out that she had been on the pill and isn't even like this huge fundamentalist about it because that I could have excused her calling the morning after pill, um, the abortion pill, but it's the same thing as birth control. It's just more, it's just stronger. So why would she say that? Anyway, um, outside they're all getting ready to leave and Andrea is walking past Dale and he's like, are you sure you're going to be safe? And she's like, of course, I'm always safe with Shane. And he says, I don't know about that. And, she, you know, he's doing this whole like patronizing thing with her. And I'm like, Dale, look, I get that you care about her, but the more that you do this, the more that you're pushing her away. And I don't know if Dale has romantic feelings for her or not. He may. It's tough to tell. If he if he does, he's really trying to keep a lid on that because he recognizes she doesn't see him that way at all. And if he doesn't, then it doesn't like then he's just being like a dad. And I think it's really starting to chafe. And he basically says, um, I he doesn't want Rick to come back. And Andrea says, I think that Shane has done more to keep this group safe than Rick even has. And he looks at her in shock and is like, you can't possibly believe that. And she's like, I do. And I'm like, Andrea, oh man, she's really like trying to, she's, she's firmly on the Shane train. And when Shane says later, I wish I had just left with you. I think she feels the exact same way. The two of them are frustrated with the rest of this group and right now it's just like becoming so crystal clear how much they diverge on all these subjects and um they all just like they're all about to leave to go and track these guys down when the truck pulls around the bend and they've got this kid whose name is randall apparently in the back seat with the blindfold over his face and they bring him inside. They have Herschel talking later with Rick about the fact that there'll be nerve damage, but I think I saved his leg. And then there's like a meeting in the kitchen or in the dining room when they're talking about what choice Rick had to make and why he did what he did. And this is kind of another showdown between him and Shane. And Shane flips out and is like, I'm just going to go get him some flowers and candy. And then starts to walk out and is like, we're back in fucking fantasy land again. And Herschel follows him and is like, I wanted you off my land. Rick managed to convince me otherwise. But that does not mean I like it. And you need to do us both a favor and keep your mouth shut. And Shane kind of seems to see that that's honestly the best, the best course to follow at this point. And he walks away. But... I mean, he does make some good points. They, what Rick wants to do is basically patch this kid up until he's at the point where he can walk again, give him a canteen of water and some food, and leave him at the side of the road. And I think it's Andrea who's like, isn't that just the same as leaving him for the walkers? And I'm like, yeah, man. Like, you're just going to fucking drop him off somewhere and leave him there? Like, 
honestly, why save him then? You're fucking not giving him any, especially if he's got nerve damage in his leg, he's probably not going to be able to run the way that he would have before. So it's, it's basically the equivalent of leaving him hooked up on this fence to be eaten. Like he's, it's just a matter of time. So I just found that really surprising. And I know that Rick is trying to reach a happy medium here where he didn't leave this guy to die and he's not infringing on the supplies and shit that they've got already. But you can't bring somebody in and then in kind of cold blood just drop them off. And on top of that, there is the risk that the guy will be able to go find his old friends and bring them back to ha- to basically start a war for this farm. So Rick's plan here is really ridiculous. And I just do not understand why he thought anybody would be behind this. Like nobody sounds like they are behind this at all. It would be much easier if he had just left the kid to die. And, um, I don't know. I just, I really feel like if he's, if he, this kid was like screaming, like, don't leave me and whatever, but he was about to leave that guy, Sean, who had been shot just as quickly as the dude who was driving the truck. So there's already a very distinct impression that this kid has a different take on how to handle emergency situations and like the, you know, no man left behind sort of mentality that a lot of the people in this group have. So maybe they could sort of take him in, but it seems like he's been living in the zombie apocalypse in an entirely different mental culture. And I'm not sure that he would be able to be a part of this and like really work with everybody else. And he's still got to see Rick and, and uh, I was about to say Rick and Shane, Rick and Glenn and Herschel as the ones who killed his friends. So there's got to be some animosity there. And uh, I don't know. This is just such a, this just throws such a different light on everything. I just don't know what he should have done instead. I mean, I guess really, if he was planning on just dropping the kid off on the side of the road once he got better, he should have left him there. I just like, really, that's what I think. But now that he's there, now what? I don't know. I guess it depends on how this kid, what his personality and attitude seems to be like. Um, so then there's a brief scene with Maggie and Glenn, and this was annoying. This was like the same thing that Shane sort of said to Lori, which is that he killed Otis because he loves her. And Glenn basically says to Maggie that he froze up when Rick and Herschel were counting on him because he suddenly thought about what it would do to Maggie to lose him and that he couldn't handle the thought of her going through that pain. And the fact that she said, I love you has caused him to think about himself when he shouldn't. And like, dude, you know, on the one hand, I do understand what he's saying. Like, it's sort of what I said in the beginning of the uh, episode, which is that caring about somebody is weakness. But seriously, man, like, don't put that on her. Don't do it. And even if it is partially about her saying it, there has got to be an element of him caring about her that's causing this too. So what are you going to do? You're just going to push her away and pretend like none of this ever happened and then make yourself not care about her anymore and suddenly she will stop caring too and you won't worry and it'll be fine. Like, what are you fucking thinking, Glenn? I just really did not appreciate the fact that he basically was like, he was basically putting his guilt over his inaction on her and it just felt so wrong. And, um, and she tries to like kiss him and comfort him and he pushes her away and is like, no, you don't get it. I was only thinking about myself and he's like ashamed of himself. 
And he just stalks away. And I was like, dude, you do not know how to handle a relationship. Get used to it. All of these people here have somebody that they care about, or at least they used to. And this is just how it fucking is, dude. And if you didn't, I, I just, I guess he just didn't see it coming, how it was going to affect him. But you shouldn't get involved with somebody then, man. Like, you knew that there was a possibility you guys were going to be leaving this place anyway. He, you let yourself get attached, and now you can't just hold her accountable because she said, I love you. You obviously feel something, even if it's not, I love you. There's something there, and you're responsible for that, too. So then the last scene, well, actually second to last, we have Andrea talking to Shane and she's the, she says to him, you made the right calls, but it's your presentation that's lacking. You are, she's like, you need a softer touch. You don't know how to handle doing this sort of stuff without it coming across as you just being bullheaded and, um, impetuous and impulsive and, and uncaring. And I know why you do it, and I I agree with you, but just the way that you do it is just so not good. And uh, I found that interesting, and I wondered what Lori, or what Andrea would have chosen to do. If she had been the one that went after Lori, how would she have gotten Lori back to the farm? Like, what would she have done? Shane's was the quickest and dirtiest way to get Lori to go back. But it didn't take, what, two seconds before Lori realized that he had lied to her. So how would Andrea have handled it? I'm curious about that. So then the final scene is Lori and Rick. And this was actually kind of a great scene. I don't like Lori, I'm starting to see. (laughs) I mean, I do feel for her in what has happened here and the fact that she is in this position with these two guys. So I get that and how hard it must be. But there was something about this scene. Oh, man, I don't even know what to think of it. It's like she knows that she she basically lays it all out on the table here for Rick. She says, Shane thinks it's his baby. He thinks he and I belong together. He thinks that he's in love with me. He thinks that you can't protect us. And he thinks that he killed Otis because he loves me. She actually, like just puts it out there for Rick that she thinks that he actually did kill Otis. And um, Rick is like trying to almost defend Shane and say, well, I did some fucked up shit too. I killed these guys today who were living, surviving people because I didn't want them coming back to this farm. And she comes up to him and says, so you killed the living to protect what's yours. And Rick says, yes, unflinchingly. And she says, Shane thinks I'm his. Shane thinks this baby is his. And he says he doesn't believe you can protect us. And you see the look on Rick's face as he is it's registering that basically Lori is warning him that Rick, that Shane is very capable of killing him. And I think Rick believes her when she says this. Like at first he doesn't want to hear it and he defends Shane in a way. And then once she lays it out in those kinds of terms for him, it's like he can't ignore that anymore. And I don't know. There was just, I don't know if it was about the way that they had Lori kind of crawl up behind Rick and wrap her arms around him and speak into his ear over his shoulder, but they made it look very like the devil on his shoulder, whispering into his ear and planting doubts there. And I don't, I feel like it was this imagery that sort of made her seem like a 
almost like she was instigating something for the sake of it. And it's purely because of how it was framed that they did like that. I got that feeling, but I do kind of feel like Lori may have done the right thing in telling him all of this. Now, I don't really know what can come of it because now it's going to be this weird tension between the two of them where Shane now knows that Rick is aware of everything. Rick is completely like he's going to be on the defensive and really paranoid now. And so I'm not really sure what can happen except for Rick being more on his guard around Shane and maybe maybe being more aware that if he's in a position where he could die and Shane has to save his life, that maybe Shane won't do it. Um, but at the same time, I, like, I feel like maybe Lori should fucking confront Shane. And, you know, she clearly seems to think that he's capable of doing this. And she needs to talk to him and be honest with him, I think, about how she really feels. I think that when she's telling him it wasn't real, I didn't feel anything. She's lying to herself and she's lying to Shane. And I think if she admitted to Shane, I felt something, but it that is not what is best for my family or for me anymore. And if you really loved me, then you would understand that. But then one could argue that for Shane, this comes down to survival and who's going to keep her from being eaten alive. And if he had any inkling that she really did feel the same way about him, he might think that she would in the end forgive him if he did let something happen to Rick or kill Rick himself. So I don't know. This is just such a shit situation. And um, I just really, I liked her telling him and I liked the fact that she like really was very honest with him and laid it all out in the baldest of terms. But I didn't like the way that it was done. It just made me feel like she was being portrayed as this conniving sort of, I don't know. And, um, ah, man, I just really wonder what the fuck is going to happen. That's pretty much where I am right now. I, uh, I just really, I really liked this episode though. I, I love how much gray area they were able to get back to that. And it wasn't just about people making stupid choices and, uh, I, I'm, I really like the whole thing with this kid, Randall and how they're going to handle him and whether there was like a lot more to his group, how many people are alive and how many know what actually happened. There's the one guy, I think it was only the one who was driving the truck who got away and left Randall there. And so are these people going to come looking for the farm now? Are they going to be like on the search or are they just going to be like, wow, this town is full of uh, people who don't want us here, so we may as well just move on. I'm doubting that's what's going to happen, but who knows. And, uh, yeah, I just... Oh, man. And um, I forgot to mention, too, that Rick says that he killed these guys because of Lori. He specifically uses that wording. I did it because of you. And that is basically what Glenn and what Shane says in this episode. So there's a lot of this, like... These men, it's all men basically saying this about women, that I did these awful things for you and because of you. And I'm like, dudes, y'all have to take some responsibility here. Like, I get that you're saying you did it. Like, you're not trying to be like it was your fault. But think how that sounds to these chicks. Like, I don't Oh man. I just really did not care for the way that they all phrased that. And, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's a... There's definitely an, uh, a weird undertone to this show, and there's this, 
I, I don't know if misogynist is really the right word, but I feel like they're doing a disservice to a lot of the female characters. And, um, it's hard to see because I know that like a lot of the writing in the direction, the directing is women. Like maybe not a lot, maybe a lot is being generous, but a fair enough amount that I'm surprised it's not being handled better. And I just hope that, you know, when somebody like Carol, who is a battered woman, is one of the more compelling and sympathetic female characters, I think that's a bad thing. I do like Maggie to a degree. I I think that she's kind of interesting, and I don't feel like she is necessarily portrayed as that, like, really cliched badass woman thing but the whole weird thing with the uh outburst with Lori and then the fact that she is on the pill and that she um like pushed glenn away after having sex with him and then pulled him back and told him that she loves him i'm just a little bit frustrated with her overall and uh beth we have really nothing patricia we've got nothing um and andrea is a little bit one-dimensional like at this point i feel like they just keep putting her in this position where she's uh i'm going to learn how to shoot and i'm going to argue with dale and that's pretty much my whole character and talk to shane um so i hope that something more comes out of it and uh yeah despite all of that though i thought this was a great episode and i'm really happy and i hope that y'all enjoyed my uh my insights i guess i don't want to flatter myself too much but um i think that is pretty much it i'm not gonna have a spoiler section on this one because it'd be too short to really be worth it so uh yeah i'm gonna leave it as it is and if you want to come and talk to me you can of course do that at facebook.com backslash unspoiled pod twitter at unspoiled show and at our blog which is unspoiledpodcast.com Thanks, everyone, so much for listening, and I will see you again very soon with a new episode. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.